0: Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. This is episode 15, and today we are going to talk about asking the right questions to get to the right solution. And, and what does that exactly mean? So what we're, what we're going to dive into is, you know, oftentimes when you have a procedure that you've done, it may not fit exactly into, uh, something that you can, a code that you can find or, a, a situation that you can report accurately. So, so, and we've run into this, we run into this all the time. And, um, so today we're going to Mark, my co-host, and Ray are going to talk about uh, just how do we get to that right answer? How do we ask the questions to get to the right solution? So it's not necessarily the best reimbursement answer, but uh, it's got to be the right solution to report what was at, what was done accurately. So I don't know, Mark. You want to share kind of an example why we brought this up?
1: Yeah. So. Um recently we got a a question in from one of the one of the folks in the forum that they had done a procedure that was new to them um and they had done this procedure laparoscopically and the the procedure itself even though it was done laparoscopically was um was a Fowler Stevens procedure and if you look up Fowler-Stevens, it will actually direct you to the open procedure uh, for orchiopexy, which is ultimately what you're doing. And you're essentially doing a two-stage orchiopexy. So um, it was was a great question in all of that. Um, What's the best code? One of the codes has the name of the procedure as an example listed in the description. The other code Actually, list the approach on those, and it was you know in 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 this case we could we could actually get to a fully correct answer, um, but it is an answer that may have been different two years ago, um, and so you you have to watch a lot of different things, and I think in the end, a piece of what you're trying to do when you come across something that you haven't dealt with before or that the answer is not obvious, is making sure you understand how to ask the questions and ask them in the right order. Um, And and the same is, and I'll just give you one other example, we've been dealing with a couple of different new technologies um, and watching what they have done, and we could go back a couple years to... PTNS and how they originally started out with a question to the American Medical Association on CPT that basically was, hey, if we do percutaneous nerve stimulation, would it fit the existing code, which was actually the code for the interstim implant, the 64561? So, In reality, um, and and that answer came back from the AMA as, yeah, that's correct. So they framed a question. They got an answer from a a quote-unquote authoritative group um, in the AMA, um, which is definitely a, a place of authority, but what ended up happening about a year and a half later was that the CMS came through and said, No way, that's not even close. Those RVUs are different. The work RVUs and the practice expense RVUs are very different. You asked the wrong question when you asked that. They are not the same procedure at all. And it all started from the way the question was asked. So it really boils down to how do you ask the right questions and how do you know if you ask the right question across the board? And then, secondarily, as I mentioned, you know we've got a couple of different answers for laparoscopic versus open procedures that I may have answered that original Fowler Stevens question differently two years ago. You've also got to keep up with where those authorities are generally positioned and how they relate to one another. You know it re- it Does a recommendation by the AMA relative to CPT has it actually been accepted by CMS? For reimbursement, or have they um, somehow um, made a determination that doesn't accept what the AMA said? So that's kind of what we're, we're talking about here.
0: So, um, so how do you ask? Okay, so so I'm 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 looking at that, and I, obviously you bring your biases in when you're you're asking questions, or you you may bring your bias. So you have to kind of check those at the door. How do you? how do you get to the right question that you're not leading yourself or whoever you're asking the question to down the wrong path? Like, like how do you keep it more unbiased?
1: Yeah. Um, well, um, what I try and do is start by, um, breaking down things into elements depending on where I am. So if I'm, if I'm focused on a new procedure that I haven't seen before, um you know kind of that first step is to break down the elements of 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 where we are at at this particular point in time the AMA and now the AUA have come out recently um and re- by recently I mean within uh, the last 2 years 2019 um stating specifically that approach matters with um, description coding. Um, in fact, they came out very strongly and said, if you've got an open procedure that doesn't necessarily say open, like cystectomy, right? So we have the cystectomy codes, the 515s, they're in the excision section of CPT, um, and we don't have a laparoscopic section um, with that has a cystectomy in it. But what the AUA and the AMA now are saying is approach matters most. So um, you can't use the code that with, is with that's not in the laparoscopic session with with section without using a laparoscopic code. So right now, I would say one of the first things I would do is what is my approach, right? So if I'm looking at a brand new service. Is it done laparoscopically? Is it done cystoscopically? Is it open? Is it done in combination? Um, So given that that's kind of where that does the approach matter. Um, Now, I'm sidestepping all the issues of globals and all the other stuff while I start this. Because I kind of want to get to the end of the right code. And then I'm going to step back out to the big picture and see if I have other rules that may apply that don't, that don't let me bill or require other things to happen those circumstances. So, I mean, I would recommend that you first start with that. What was my approach? Um, then I start looking for what was actually done. Names um, like Fowler-Stevens or um, um those are things that can help you find out a little bit more of how the procedure is done, Um, but they really are not um, specifically tagged in CPT as the procedure itself. They're almost always tagged as examples within the description. So take a look at those things and, and what they're doing, but what you're really trying to do is figure out what is the general procedure that those names actually represent. In the case of the Fowler Stevens, it's an orchiopexy. When you're trying to find an undescended testicle, it's a way to, to bring the testicle down That is that was invented by Fowler Season. So it, the name itself is, is indeed a guide, but the reality is the procedure that was done is what you really need to be towards, and that is an orchiopexy. So um, those are the important things that are there. And then from there, you start asking the questions, and we go back to PTNS, percutaneous tibial nerve stimulation. Now you start looking at the intent of the code. Um, You know, sometimes you can run through the process of looking at the CPT code description, and it'll give you certain words like percutaneous and stimulation of the nerve. Um, And it may even have peripheral nerve in there. And you could say that the tibial nerve is, in fact, a peripheral nerve. So maybe I can shoehorn that in there. Um, But when you start looking a little bit deeper on what that procedure actually was and understand that the intent of these two and the work effort on these two codes are very, very different, that is a point in time where you need to kind of pull back and say, okay, I've got an answer. But is it the correct answer? And if it's the correct answer for a single time and there is no better answer, then maybe that that work differential, you adjust it with a 52 modifier. Um, But if this is gonna be something you do over and over again, um, you know, maybe it's, all right, I don't have a good uh, CPT code, 52 is my answer, or I don't have a good CPT code, Maybe I should use an unlisted, um, and and that that becomes a judgment call based on all of the other aspects of both the procedure that you did and the CPT description and work values assigned. So there, are, it's always more than one question. I guess is what I'm trying to say. As you lead down the path, you may start with specifically what your approach is. At some point, you got to find. What did I actually do that I'm trying to to figure out? And then you get to the bottom and say, again, does my answer make sense? Am I trying to put a square peg in a round hole that's eventually going to come back and lead to questions, or am I in fact at a place that fits? This is a one-time off. I just modify it through, or it fits. This is a one. This is. A, this is a modifier all the time, or I really need something that's totally different because even though I kind of read that it fits, it doesn't really fit.
0: Well, and I, and I think using a tool like AUA coding today is invaluable when you're asking the questions and you're trying to search for those, uh, descriptive words. And, you know, it's oftentimes, you know, I've, I've noticed in, in searching, you know, if you're searching for a like a kidney stone, you know, obviously there's different words for that. And so you've got to be, when you're asking the questions, it's like what you said with the PTNS, you're looking for, you know, it may not say percutaneous, you know, or it may, you may have to, you know, do a lot of question asking with the right terms or different terms. And then once you do find it, that's, you know, you're, you're kind of right on that you back up and you look at, you know, maybe the codes in the same family or the, you know the ones that start with the same uh, three or four digits, and so I think that's that. Using that tool really helps when you're asking the questions. You know, AUA coding today does get you to the get you to the right answers uh, by by searching and asking questions, and so I find that extremely helpful.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the one other thing I would add is we are a little bit luckier than when i started out um, you know a lot of times when when i we started out doing all this stuff we didn't have the full power of the internet available to us and and the communities that we have available to us now we we were ma- we were doing answers with paper research and kicking things out the door so but now we've got friends in in, in the and 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 we have our the forum where you can actually put some of these questions out there and your thought process out there and get some feedback not just from us but from other urology groups that are out there so you know the using all of your resources um aua coding today and your networks um and then understanding exactly where those answers count because again you know We've kind of talked about this in a number of our different um, programs that you've got multiple layers of rules, right? And that, you know, the the AMA and the AUA have um, authority and they do have sway, but they actually don't write final rules. So what they say will influence the market, but it isn't defining the market. You still have to go up CMS right? They have rules that are final for CMS. When those get applied to private payers, the private payers may twist them. They may or may not follow what CPT did. So you've got to watch them across the board as they move through each and every level um, in the process. So, And then, of course, the opinions that come in from PRS and for your from your other colleagues are based on or only as good as the, the tools that they base those answers on. So um, you got to find out kind of where, how well reasoned are they? Do those arguments make sense? Um, and you can't just accept an answer dropped in your lap because it's easy. Um, so ask the questions, do the research, know your sources. Because um, as we know, there are, you know, you can find data to support just about any position what you really need is data based on the actual body that you're dealing with. And you need to ask that question repeatedly. Now, is this the right answer? Does this answer make sense? And is it well-reasoned and based on fact? Well, Mark, Scott, that's a very good discussion. And you've talked about prioritizing your questions. And you've all we we know that location of what you're doing is always sort of self-evident where you're working on the kidney or the uh testicle, etc. But you've elevated approach as being the next level, and then the what was done as being the, the next level, and then you've talked about the payers having authority over the AMA and the AMA over the AUA, et cetera, et cetera, in the decision-making. Is there any other prioritizing you can do in there as far as what questions are important? That's a pretty open-ended question. (laughs) Um, uh, That's what this discussion is all about. Well, I mean, obviously, um, written written over verbal. if you know if they're conflicting, um, you know you've got um, NCCI um, is a written document, but and then you also have the carrier's manual and the Medicare benefits manual, all of which give you pieces of information that may conflict with one another. Um, so, yeah, there there is a hierarchy um, and. Ultimately, you know, you would say that the NCCI or the Correct Coding Initiative is uh, a tool that has been contracted and adopted by the government. Um, If there's a conflict or conflict within the claims processing manual, the claims processing manual should take precedent over NCCI. Um, The adjudication engine may be built on NCCI, but the argument to overturn the bad processing would be found in the carrier's manual. So yeah, even within the payers, there's a there's a hierarchy that you have to look at. And and boy, covering all of those in something like this would be impossible. So um, that's why you need sometimes to to reach out to your friends.
0: Very good. All right. Well. That's uh that that's some great things to think about. So remember, you gotta ask ask questions and try and ask the uh, questions from a unbiased perspective, and so you can get the the right answer. And you know, I think Mark's given you a good way to to begin to ask those right questions. So anything else to add?
1: I won't. It's I mean, those things are you know, in many ways, they're they're the coder's candy, right? the, you know, the routine stuff that we know day to day is, is, is going through the motions. For me, this is the fun stuff, you know, the stuff that kind of falls outside the norm that, that takes a little bit more work and, and engages a few more neurons up top. So, you know, I look forward to these things. I mean, they are a nuisance, but I do like them. They're good challenges. So have fun with this.
0: All right. Indeed. It's the gray area that makes it fun. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll wrap this one up.
1: Happy coding.
0: Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there's time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, The Juicery, with Extra Pope
1: and special guests.